Republicans in Georgia are trying to make it harder to vote after President Biden flipped the state and Democrats won both Senate seats. GOP state lawmakers are pushing a sweeping election bill. It would put restrictions on early and absentee voting. Voting rights advocates are calling it a concerted effort to suppress the votes of black Georgians. You were driving to Columbus and what was put on the radio? Hamilton. The entire soundtrack. You can't listen. That the uh, Columbus is not a long enough trip for the whole thing though, right? It's but you got to come back too. That's only 4 hours though. It's like what like 6 or 8, right? No. Is it? Not, no, not not with uh not with just the the music. It's like oh. 20 it's like 22 songs or something like that. It's not anything massive. Um but like I, there and back you could listen to the whole thing. Damn. And I'm not going to lie. I like the music. It's not that I don't like it. Well, it's great. It, it's great. Uh, but my wife is one of those people who can listen to anything over and over and over again. But my ADHD doesn't allow me to do that because like all I want to do is like click through things or I want to like find it. My big my big kick has been um, getting really mad because I can't find like old songs that I listened to in high school because I can't remember the names of them. And I'm, you know, I'm, I like go on Spotify and try and find playlists that include them. And they may not even exist. Like it, it could be the Mandela effect. It, they, they just may not be real. But do you, do you remember any, like the lyrics from any of these songs? I believe I do. <laughs> but then when I say like, whenever I uh, ask somebody about them, they, they think I'm going nuts. You may be, but. I've been there before too. I don't half the time I did. I never actually knew like what the song was called. I just knew what it sounded like and knew some of the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. And I can't even, uh, I, I can't even remember half Cause it's so, I mean, what it's now almost 11 years ago that I, that I graduated from high school. So that is that, that to me is all, 2000s era country because my mom and well, so my dad would listen to Froggy 99 which is Country Station Parkersburg my mom would listen to Mix 100 which is oldies any country I know um, like almost exclusively any country music I know came from that era just because I would be riding in the car with them which is a good country I mean you had you had Garth Brooks you had Gretchen Wilson it was a big one back then, redneck. You woman. still had you had Dixie chicks, not just the chicks. Yeah, well, as they're known now. Well, they kind of got canceled around that time. They got canceled because of unfairly. Cause of ta- that was bullshit. Of talking about talking about George W. Bush. Because of to- Toby fucking Keith is why, Mister Red well, Solo Cup. Red Solo. Okay, I don't want to get. I don't want to get uh, claimed on here. Uh, you, that's a, you, that's an original. Uh, that's a derivative work, right? No, I was going to say the words to the song, and then yeah, no, that's, that's still fine. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to do it though. But <laughs> um, I thought about this the other day. Now that we're talking about songs, and maybe you a can... bastard, orphan, son of a whore. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Uh, please stop, because that song is going to get stuck in my head very quickly. Uh, actually, it's it's said like three or four times in different songs, so it could be any song now. Um, I was thinking the other day because I watched uh, <laughs> I watched a guy today get really mad at a flea market, 
right? Because he he wouldn't want he didn't want to put his mask on. Uh, it really upset him for some reason. He claimed to have health issues, but here's the best part. So he's getting into it with the employee, uh, and as he walks out, he pulls a mask out of his left pocket, <laughs> as if it had uh, obviously had been there the whole time, and he had worn a mask at some point. He didn't have health problems. He's just a dick. And <laughs> that what, one could it. argue that being a dick is a health problem. Well, that's true. Uh, that that could be true. But it started to make me think because he was like in the you know the boomer age type thing. I I started to think about something. <laughs> People like like boomers when they get mad, they'll do what that guy did, right? Like they'll scream like "shove it up your ass," which is exactly what he said because they just you know they're they're just so short tempered. I just want to pause you for a second. The irony of him pulling the mask out of his back pocket after he said right. to shove something up his ass is just great. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. That is very fair. But then I started to think, okay, um, what would a, like, what do millennials do when these things happen? Like, obviously this isn't for everybody. Cause there are some terrible millennials out there. I've seen, you know, obviously we've seen the videos and stuff, but like, when boomers get mad, like they'll go online and and type in all caps that they're upset or they'll just scream at people. When millennials get mad, I I just feel like everybody walks to their car and listens to Dashboard Confessional. Like it's like a You're not totally, wrong. It's like a totally different thing. And like you know they're they're sitting there screaming at people, and um, you know I'm I'm trying to calm myself down th- with Hootie and the Blowfish. Listening to Hands Down. That's uh yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, I think that being a digital native generation is helpful because as boomers grow older, and we've got some boomers that listen to us and they're not all bad. So I want to no, clarify and, that. And, and I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I, I, I'm obviously stereotyping a whole segment, which is uh, uh, pretty much the opposite of what this show stands for. But I just thought but it was some, funny. some stereotypes are born out of accuracy. Mm, that true. one is. But Still, I just I, I just think it's funny because um, the good thing about boomers is like they are always willing to um, kind of face problems head on, which I think millennials have an issue with all the time. I think we always try to kind of scapegoat our problems or sometimes even blame others for our problems. I think that that's kind of our generation, unfortunately, at times. Uh, but they, you know, they go head on, but sometimes they go too hard is kind of my point. So like while they're uh, facing issues head on, we're you know, in the car sobbing to Adele. Like it's just a, a big generational difference. I would say speak for yourself. Cause I can solve a lot of problems while listening to Adele. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't say you couldn't solve the problems. I just said that you'll I'm walk away from crushing the problem. them. No, I mean, I'm put them head on. I just got Adele in my ears, man. Crush well, it. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. That's right. I'm checking you on your stereotypes. That's what this show's all about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, there, there's some, there's some accuracy there, I'd say. See, I've not really witnessed many anti-masker events, I think probably because of where I live, but it is kind of funny to see people make those claims because I would just be willing to bet that probably 99% of people would say that they have a health problem. Don't. There was this video that went around and I think it was like a kid with asthma put on a, I want to say it was like a hundred masks and ran a 5k or something to prove that, that you could still wear a mask with all that. And not to mention, if you do have health problems, 
Why are you out? Yeah, that's the, that's the solution. That, that's, it, it, I, I'm so sick of people who are like, well, if you don't, you know, if you want to, if you, if you're so afraid, stay home. Well, how about this? If you have a health problem and you can't wear a mask, stay home. There you go. <laughs> it, it works both ways. It it's insane. And I, I, unfortunately in my area, I hear this a lot. Uh, you know, I, I see people all the time who, uh, it, they make sure that you know they're not wearing a mask like in the store and stuff. You know, they post it on Facebook and Twitter because they think it's really cool because around here it's it is really cool. It's like, it, you know, the, the fun thing to do because, you know, that's what unfortunately views are around here right now. Uh, but then I go to places like Columbus, like we were talking about earlier, and everybody's wearing a mask and it's not a problem. You know, it, it just it blows my mind how quickly two hours can change things. It's so funny. Not funny, not like haha funny, but it's so dumb to think that that's something that is a badge of pride for people. This is kind of a disgusting equivalent, and I don't care. I've made other comparisons like this before, but this is this is like having an infected scab and peeling the scab off and then taking a selfie of you, like rubbing it over the table at, at a Wendy's being like, yeah, fuck the system. It's gross, and but that's what it what it's become because now masks are political. Yeah, I mean it's they're not, by the way. But but they've been made into uh, a political uh, weapon, as you know, they've it's been weaponized by politicians. Then and that's what I hate about this. It, it's, I don't. It's not politicians that really that's doing it. It's 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 like right wing media heads that are doing it, like the Charlie Kirks of the world. It's less the politics. I know that they're they're not doing much to stop it, and a lot of them are reinforcing it. But I think the biggest problem is those people that are actually the ones that regular people are listening to. No, I I could see that too. I mean, uh, it, it's definitely them. But you would think as a as a politician or as somebody's MTG is a really good example, right? Like she makes sure that it's like always in your face, like that she doesn't want to wear a mask or that she's not wearing a mask. Uh, it, it, it's just blowing my mind. Like back in the day, we had politicians who like who spoke out against that stuff and and would it would simmer things down. But now politicians just love the attention. So they they run into the burning building, too. I know that Marjorie Taylor Greene and the Lauren Boberts of the world essentially use their elected office as a way to boost their Ted, followers on Twitter. Ted Cruz. Yeah, that's I mean, like, I get it. I get I, what you're I can, saying. I can make an entire list of the current congressional members. That I'm just that. saying that there's a I'm lot just saying that there's a I'm not defending them by any means. I'm just saying I think the bigger problem is is the the like fringe media rather than the politicians themselves. Yeah, it could be. I'm not saying that they're not a problem. Yeah, I get it. But I just know that that there's a lot of people that couldn't give a shit about the politicians in Congress, but they'll listen to Seb Gorka or or Dinesh D'Souza. And I said both of those names specifically because J.D. Vance did interviews with both of them recently. Ugh, of course. I'm not going to talk about J.D. Vance, but just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. That guy's Mr. Man of the People. Man of the People. Man of the People. Speaking of men of the people and women and... Gender non-binary of the people. John, we've got new patrons. All right, so we have uh, five new Patreon members. We're very, very thankful to have each and every one of these people join the the community, 
is what I like to call it, the Patreon community. And that is... I call it the Empire. The Empire. Okay, that could work too. Uh, that, that's uh, Max, Kevin, Trish, Sam, and Tanya. Or Tanya. I don't know. <laughs> if, it's a Gretchen, if it's a Gretchen Wilson pronunciation, Tanya Tucker... Right. Like that. That's where. So, look, I, I love the name either way. And you can you can message us and let us know the exact pronunciation. And I'll even say it again next week to clarify, because I don't think it's right if we're not saying people's names correctly. Uh, so if you if we ever mispronounce it, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. And part of this been- <laughs> sounds like you're saying let it snow. Let it snow. And part of this benefits include a weekly exclusive bonus segment. I know exclusive and bonus kind of are contradictory, but I don't care because this is our show and we make stuff up. Uh, (laughs) This week, this is kind of the subject of your beef, I think, this week, but it's also going to be expanded upon in the exclusive. But we're going to be talking about mall Nazis. And that may sound playful, but it's not. Um, The great city of Parkersburg, right next to it is a city called Vienna, and uh, the Grand Central Mall is there. There was a bunch of pictures taken of these f- foolish, racist assholes wearing Nazi uh, uh, swastikas, and uh, it, it brings about a larger discussion of of uh, of what is really going on in this world, this country, and in our community. And I will say before we before we jump off, not to, to kind of switch gears, but. Um just a quick update for every Patreon member out there. Uh, if you're listening right now, we're, we just implemented two new changes to Patreon. We think we're, it's going to make it even better. Uh, all $5 and $10 members are going to get sent a sticker after three months. It's a new sticker. We've never released it before. It's going to be sent to all, you know, every single one of you. And then if you're at the $15 level after three months, even if you've already gotten a shirt, you're getting another shirt. You're going to get, uh, it's again, a Patreon exclusive shirt uh, that we've never released out outside uh of patreon it's uh it has to deal with the mothman logo but there's no colors it's all black and white and mothman eyes are red which i think is pretty sweet we're uh we're just here to clothe you that's all we're doing that's 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 what this has become i mean even our 500 dollar joking one <laughs> gives people clothes we're, you know that's a we're we're um good samaritans we we give give the people clothing. i just want to i Look, I just want to become the Appalachian FUBU. That's really all I want. I loved FUBU growing up. Loved it. Well, there you have it. Join patreon.com slash Latch and help John's dream come true. Help me get on Shark Tank. Shark Tank TV show. Moving on, though. Um, (laughs) You never know. Look, I like to clarify things that are said because there might be somebody listening out there that thinks you want to literally get into an actual shark tank. Um, yeah, that person doesn't know me well. Speaking of knowing John well, boy, do we have a, a real banger today. <laughs> um, by that, I mean not. I don't know. I don't know what we have today. We're going to be talking about voting and specifically what some states <laughs> are doing to try to prevent you from doing it. This and, and by you, I mean it's mostly targeted at uh, um, black people, people of color, in Appalachia, sadly. John, voting, fundamental, important. What? Uh, how hard is it to vote in West Virginia, do you think? We do, uh, we do have 
some issues when it comes to the amount of polling places, especially we had a lot of issues in the primary because they they consolidated uh, a lot of voting areas into one. So you were waiting like three hours to vote, uh, which I know is not a lot for some areas, but it is for West Virginia. And it's really hard because you're consolidating it to where um, rural individuals have to come all the way into a town that, you know, they don't normally come to. But besides that, the general was, I think, pretty easy. In terms for me, I don't know if other people had issues. Tennessee, I mean, it was easy for me because I can get a license and everything, but they have voter ID requirements there. Um, the thing is, and I, I think you would probably agree with this, my opinion is that it, it should be really easy to vote because it is a very simple fundamental right that, um, is it enumerated in the Constitution? It is, right? The right to vote? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, and then it was amended now, to allow making, black people and then now, women. And, now you're just making me question it. But yeah, it was because it was originally written for uh, for wealthy property owners. Yes, white, rich, white landowning males. Yeah. Then eventually it trickled down to other people. But yes, um, very important. And, you know, the thing that has been going on for a long time, and this, this is true, and I'm not trying to be like overly partisan here, but... The Republican Party has been pushing restrictions to voting rights, voting access, voting ability and availability for a really long time and has been very successful at it in a number of states. And you look at places like Tennessee, for example, which, um, you know, used to be a Democratic state. Uh, Now it's not. But the more important thing is, I think this was in 20, maybe 18 or 17 and hasn't changed much since they were they were 50th. Uh, in the United States for voter turnout, which is horrible. And it's because a lot of people couldn't vote um, for a number of reasons we'll get into. Um, John, I wanted to go through real quick and just uh, um, talk about a little bit of specificity, but not a ton. Some of the current bills that are being proposed right now in Appalachian states that deal with restrictions on voting. And these are from everywhere from Mississippi to South Carolina to Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Georgia, but primarily Georgia, um, Alabama, Virginia, and so on. Limiting who can vote by mail, stricter voter ID laws, cutting voter registration opportunities, more aggressive voter purging, limiting the amount of places that you can vote and limiting the timeframes you can vote. I want you to tell me, John, any of those, you can pick any one that you want. What is the purpose of that, <laughs> in your opinion? Well, I, I think, so one of the ones that I think stands out for me, because it it's just one of the most annoying ones, is this idea of limiting who can vote by mail. Um we've we've established throughout this entire country that voting by mail is a fundamental right that people have because the ability to get to one place or the other to vote is really hard. We haven't made election day a federal holiday. People don't get off work just to go vote. So the ability to vote by mail is is a really really great thing. But if you do this, you're targeting people who are lower socioeconomic status, who have to work all the time, who are who are normally paid hourly, who can't leave and go vote, uh, which tends to be more on the minority status. It, it They know who they're targeting with these bills. And the funny thing is, or I guess I shouldn't say funny, the sad thing is in Georgia, for instance, the voting by mail law was implemented by Republicans in 2005. 
It's not a democratic law. It's a, it was a Republican law in that state. And now they want to, they want to pull it because they lost it. It, it, it blows my mind that this continues to kind of uh, get pushed. And this, the worrisome thing is this isn't the only state that's going to do this. There, there's going to be multiple states. West Virginia is going to be one of them. I'm calling it now that are going to bring this up and, and start, you know, trying to, to save their elections as they'll say. Yeah. And the point you brought up about vote by mail and how Republicans used to champion it up until this past election is generally speaking, their demographic of voters were the ones that took advantage of vote by mail. It was often people who were older, um, generally voted more conservative. And so that's kind of one of the big reasons why they're for it. And now as we saw with uh, with Georgia, Arizona, but specifically just throughout the country, is that a lot of people took advantage of it because it's easier. It's way more convenient. And so you have a lot of people, like you mentioned, who can't afford to take time off work. Often lower-wage-earning people tend to vote Democrat, who, with the opportunity given to them to vote by mail, was a good one. And so some of those restrictions, I'm not sure about Georgia specifically, but it was it, some of the limitations around the country are like for people who, what was it like, like had health conditions and they couldn't go out and vote or something like that. And in Georgia's change, what they're doing is uh, they're changing it to 65 and older can vote by mail. If you have a disability or if you can show proof that you won't be available on election day, what, who <laughs> like it's, this is insane. It, Here, here's my work schedule. Like what, what are you, what's that, even an applicable proof? It, well, you have to show that you're not going to be in the area. They made sure to define it, that you're not going to be in the area when you, election day comes, not that you're going to be at work or anything like that. They know exactly who they're targeting. So John, I've got a quiz for you. Um, there are currently 165 bills in 33 States that deal with restricting voter access. The top three I want you to try to guess the top three states. I'll give you a hint. Two of them are Appalachian states, and one of them that is not an Appalachian state flipped blue. Okay. All right. Well, we already talked about one that I would guess, and that's Georgia. Georgia, that is correct. Georgia is in third with 11. Okay. So so not a ma- they're not massive amounts. So, okay. Um so a lot. That, right. I'm saying like there's not there's not somebody out there that has 60 bills, you know. Um let's see. You said Georgia, you said Give them uh, time. I'm I'm going to go I'm I'm thinking since you said flip blue, I'm going to go with John McCain's old stomping grounds. Arizona, that's correct. Arizona comes in first with 19 restrictive bills. Okay. That that's a lot. Okay. So that is a lot. And I'll give you a hint. I know this 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 third one was is a little bit harder. That third one, third state, it's in second place, fourteen restricted bills. Miss It is an Appalachian state. Incorrect. Kentucky. Okay, Incorrect. I'm gonna go with my first choice, and this was really actually what I was gonna guess. Tennessee. Okay. Incorrect. I was never gonna guess anything else. <laughs> Tennessee, in fact, according to the Brennan Center, doesn't have really? any which I find shocking and I need to check on that. But the second one, this is a little, little disappointing. Pennsylvania. Oh, Pen- okay. Well, they got right. a crazy legislature though. I think. 
Yeah, I mean they're kicking <laughs> they're kicking people out of the yeah. legislature, refusing to put people in office, kicking out want. former Appalachian <laughs> guests out of the legislature. I, now, I, I yeah, I did send a letter to uh, Senator Brown, just warning him that you know our guests do have a <laughs> <laughs> they do have a history of getting kicked out. So I yeah. just wanted him I wanted him to be careful on the Senate floor. That's right. I was like, listen, if you if y'all lose in twenty twenty two, I mean, <laughs> you might get kicked out. I don't know. <laughs> We're, we're going to have to keep record of that, too. Like, people who have come on the show, we're going to have to keep record of win-loss records. Because if they win, it was obviously us. Right. And if they if they lose, we have to think of an excuse. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, we've got some time. Uh, at least uh, uh, right. Fetterman's election is not until 2022. So <laughs> <laughs> We also learned today that Charles Booker is going to be running against, or thinking about running against, Rand Paul in 2022. Truth. Strongly considering. And he is a former guest on this show, Last I'm just, uh, just going to call it. He's running. I, <laughs> anytime someone says strongly considering, they run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say so. And and we'll talk one day about, you know, obviously where we are or where we think is going to happen in those races. But I do think that he's going to he's going to pull the trigger and run. And I think he sh- I mean, you know, he's got momentum. He does. And he's got um He's got a hell of a, a platform, hell of a, a a personality that can really bring people in. I think so. I think it'll be interesting to see him. And let's not let's not forget, only one of the people in that race has been on Appod Latcha. That you know, that's a strong argument you make. Um, and it, if I, I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him know that he can uh, that he should put that on mailers because if you're not, I mean, what are you doing? Well, I think to be fair, formally have to say, Doctor Rand Paul, you have a formal invitation to join Appod Latcher. Come on in. Now, now he can put it on the mailers, right? Because now we've invited his opponent. Yeah. Do you think? Um, do you think Rand Paul is going to show? Doctor Rand Paul is going to show up? Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I hope he does. I'd like to. I look. look I, Rand Paul and I don't don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but I will say he's a he's an interesting character. I mean, I'll talk to any, well, uh, let me just not say that. I won't talk to Nazis, <laughs> but um, I, look, we're not against having Republicans on. In fact, we want to have them on to talk to them. That being said, I just don't hold out a lot of hope that he would do it. <laughs> never say never. That's what, that's what Justin Bieber always taught me. So, all right, we put it out there. It's in the world and we'll see what happens. Um, lost the thread a little bit here, so bring it back, but... Um, that was. I'm glad that we mentioned that though, because that was a big announcement from him. Very exciting stuff too. So I hope that he does, in fact, go forward with it. So John, we mentioned Pennsylvania, and I, I haven't gotten into too much with Pennsylvania because what I really wanted to focus on was Georgia. But um, Pennsylvania and Georgia, too. In fact, let me just rewind a little bit. All three of those states technically flipped blue in the presidential election because Pennsylvania had gone for Donald Trump in 2016. So make no mistake that it is no coincidence, at least in my mind at all, that this is happening because, I mean, all those states, all three of them, I believe, greatly expanded their uh, vote by mail efforts. And Pennsylvania and Georgia specifically were scrutinized by the president, the then President Trump, uh, because of, you know, he thought that there was some fraud. There was not. It's It's been noted several times in many publications and many independent reviews that there was no fraud. But that, to me, 
it, it, I don't, I don't understand how this is not getting more attention. Honestly, I don't because so, so much of this is going to sound so preachy and so like, like policy one hundred one of me, but so much of the fabric of our democracy or whatever you want to call it hinges on voting. It does. It really does. And you, you know, there's so many criticisms and go around about that, but it does. And the fact that there are these legislatures who are doing this, make no mistake to suppress the vote of people who tend to vote Democrat, many of which are people of color, low income people, simply to tip the scales to their advantage electorally. That's, I mean, that look, I mean, feel free to question that, but that's, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's obviously, um, I, I, I want to be, uh, fair. Oh, sorry. Fair in discussing, um, both parties when it comes to these things. Obviously right now we're focused on what the Republicans are doing throughout the, the state legislatures. But I wrote, I, I read an interesting article while prepping for this that I think, uh, most people don't think about when it comes to Democrats and, uh, the, the bills that they're they've been pushing since like 2009 ish and that's to separate elections, which I didn't think was a big deal. So what I mean by that is, uh, moving elections from, uh, a off year to another year. What's wrong? Um, so from, from an off year to another year, can you explain what you mean by that? Okay. So I guess I should make it to where it's like, um, so in 2008, right, for instance, the President Barack Obama ran and obviously Democrats wanted to consolidate that year, but that's not always the way it is. So let's say you had an election in 2020 and in West Virginia, Supreme Court justices, right? Let's say they're running in 2020. When you consolidate things in elections um, and you have more things on the ballot, more people show up to vote. But if you separate things out, less people show up to vote because they are not they're not as interested in voting for whatever's on that ballot. Right. Democrats are notorious are notorious for passing or at least trying to pass bills that that end consolidation. They're trying to push things out because they want less voter turnout on that because they tend to be Republicans. And I didn't know that. Five thirty eight did an article on it. It was it was really interesting. That's interesting because normally higher turnout yields more positive results for Democrats. Well, and and that's what I thought too. That's, that's where I was like, at least that, that was, okay. That's the conventional wisdom. I don't have any real data to back that up. So maybe I'm wrong. Right. It was based off a book. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. I have it up because I thought it was a uh, political scientist, Sarah Anzia. Okay. She, uh, she wrote a book. She's from the university of California, Berkeley. Uh, and she, she discusses it throughout. I mean, I think it's worth like it's worth looking up. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. I don't I think more elections should be consolidated just because of what we just said, where when you have more elections, you you inherently you have to take more time off work. You have to find a way to get to the voting site. You have to be able to actually physically get there and vote. You have to know about it. You have to know about the candidates, everything. I'm for more consolidation because I think it just makes it easier for everybody to vote in all the elections. Right. And that, and you would think that that would be something that the Democrats push, but it's not. Those consolidation bills are actually 
proposed by Republicans, and only 25% have passed, all due to Democratic opposition. Huh. That's that's unfortunate because that that's that's another that to and, me that's another the, way of suppressing the vote. Right. And that and, and the reason I want to bring that up is because obviously what we're seeing Republicans do is kind of like in your face voter suppression, right? But then you start to peel back the onion on what Democrats have done and you're like, "Wait a second. You know, they're also not this like party of of uh, happy-go-lucky voters like they're trying to do the same they're just doing it in a different way which blows my mind yeah i i think that now obviously it's not as it's not i want to it's not as racially triggered i don't think but it's still suppressing the vote right and when we we need to get into that too um i will say that yeah overtly there are much more efforts by republicans and it's pretty deliberate in why they want to do it um but one thing that's important, I think, to mention is the racial background of voter suppression laws in general. Almost all of them is that, I mean, the, the, this goes back to the Jim Crow era, right? Like when and um, what is it? Poll taxing and, um, and literacy tests in order to vote. And that all was targeted primarily at black people because they didn't want them to vote. And so. Then there's a nasty history with both parties, but specifically Southern Democrats at the time. Now, granted, Democrat Democratic Party today, uh, you can argue is much different than Southern Democrats, Dixiecrats, or whatever you want to call them back in the '60s, '50s. You know, but that the, the roots of that are rooted in racism, and a lot of these laws that seek to to restrict voting rights and voting access is also rooted in racial tendencies. Because a lot of times, even though it, like it, a law doesn't have to say black people are not allowed to vote in order to have the same effect, I think is the point. You know, you can have a something that says um, everybody can vote, but you have to go to this one precinct in an affluent white community that you may not even have access to, you know, um, so stuff like that. But I and I wanted to touch on one that that I personally didn't know about until moving to Tennessee and just was honestly like blown away that this even exists. And it's not a ten, just a Tennessee thing. Vote purging. You know what vote purging is, John? Yep. So um, actually, did we run into that issue in your camp? Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about that real quick then? Uh, if you want, you don't have to. <laughs> no, I will. I mean, and and. 2018, we had um, essentially the Secretary of State went down the list of people who had voted within, it was some arbitrary number. Uh, I think it was like uh, two years is what they were saying, which to me is ridiculous. Um, and, and essentially, so they would they would purge people off the list so you couldn't go vote because you were no longer technically registered. Uh, and you can't just show up and get an absentee ballot at that point because you're literally not registered. It, it's a massive issue. And they don't notify you in time, which we can argue if that's important. We can argue if that's, you know, on purpose or not. Uh, but, you know, we ran into that a lot because the community that I was running in higher, uh, they were, they were older and it was rural. So a lot of places it was more difficult to come in and vote at the local high school, which is where it was. So people wouldn't come out because I mean, I'm talking, you know, rural, rural, like, you know, in November snow's coming and you may not be able to get to the polls type thing. And that's what happened. I think two years before that election. And that's why some people didn't vote was because it snowed on election day and people couldn't get out there. Right. And 
we had a massive amount and, and <laughs> it allowed the other scary thing that people don't talk about when it comes to vote purging is it also allows secretaries of state to look at boundaries because they're looking at the actual number of people in each area who haven't voted, but then they start to look at boundaries and they play with boundaries because that was the other issue that came up. When, when you say bound, that, boundaries, what do you mean boundaries? District boundaries. Okay. So like d- the definition of, of, let's say the 59th district, right? And so we had people who, um, who in the primary were in my district and then in the, or sorry, in the, yeah, in the primary and then in the general, they weren't because while doing voter uh, purging, they also looked at the boundaries and said, oh, wait a second, the boundary is actually here, not here. And so uh, not only did did that happen, but that purged people out of the district because they were no longer registered in the right district. People so it's, who it's a massive issue. People that we know who voted Democrat in the primary. Correct. Yeah. Who would have voted for me. Right. Because especially if you voted Democrat in the primary, you're going to vote Democrat in general. Like that's then that's right. insane. That to me is so egregious. And you're OK. And so to your point, vote purging is literally purging or getting rid of someone off of the voter rolls. And to me, it's it's egregious. And, and they always like like the excuse is always, oh, well, it's for data integrity. It's for it's because we have too many names in the system because, you know, they don't use a cloud or anything. And it just you run out of room in the pipes of the Internet to have all these names, I guess. So in Tennessee, this this is kind of the archaic rules for Tennessee. If your name has changed and you have not notified the election commission within 90 days, gone. And and so, John, I, I know I, I, it's hard for you to put yourself in the shoes and for me, too, because I haven't changed my name. But like, think about if, if um, my wife, for example, getting married. Um, I don't think that changing your voter registration was necessarily on the top of her list. And especially if you don't know about that rule. And so the effect of this, and I'll go through the rest here in a minute, but I do want to say the effect of this is if you go to vote, you are not on the voter list in a place like Tennessee, and I'm assuming West Virginia, too, does not have same day registration. And so you can see where these chips start to stack together and disenfranchise so many people. Now, if you have same day registration, that problem gets resolved. Um, If you're convicted of a felony in Tennessee, which is, I think, for the most part, aside from Florida and a couple other states, I, I do believe that you're purged. Not saying that that's a good thing, but that's not just a Tennessee thing. If you have moved out of the county or if you've registered to vote elsewhere, if you fail to respond to a notice confirming your voter registration, and if you fail to update your voter registration over a period of two consecutive regular November elections that you did not vote in. So if you just don't vote in two November elections, they can pop you off that list. I think that's what West Virginia's rule is, two consecutive uh, November election, which is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. What if I don't want to vote in that election? I don't have to. Well, that, and that's the thing too, is, is the constitution protects the right to vote. It, it doesn't say you have to vote. Yeah. It effectively protects your right to, to decide not to, to. show up. Yeah. yeah. And, and it protects your right to show up on election day and cast your ballot. Mm-hmm. But, they're making sure that that's not the case under the guise of data integrity and just wanting to make sure that everybody is registered at the right place. It's so ridiculous. And, and there's usually the response is, well, we mail people and let them know, well, let me tell you something that doesn't always work. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, in, unless they, and, and of course they don't mail it certified. Oh no, because that would you know that would cost too much money and guarantee that it gets Jack, there. Taxpayer dollars. The other thing I wanted to just kind of put this number into perspective. So this is in 2019, Ohio, 460,000 people were purged from the voter file. Georgia, 313,000 people in October 2019 alone. 313,000 people. That is, let's see. Let's put that number. That is about half the population of the city of Nashville, roughly. 313,000. That is 10 times the population of Parkersburg, John, where you are right now, I believe. It's roughly yeah, 30, say, right? Uh, Yeah, it used to be more, but now I think it's only 30. That's a shitload of people. It's so many people. 10 cities of Parkersburg. That's insane. Yep. And still no Target. <sighs> still no... Yeah, right. <laughs> My mom is going to hear that and just, and just put praise <laughs> hands up like... Got a sheets, got a home goods. Speaking, uh, I'm not going to get started. I tweeted this out, but home goods, man, great grocery store. Great grocery store. They're a solid store. Solid store. They're owned by TJ Maxx. I know. They're right next door. Both yeah. great. They both have great food. Um, yeah, I don't doubt it. Back, I wanted to I wanted to dial back to Georgia real quick because I, there were a couple of specifics, aside from what you mentioned, that I wanted to point out just to kind of give listeners a little bit of perspective about because I know that we've been talking very generally about this, but in Georgia and this bill passed, I believe on March 1st. So when you're listening to this roughly two weeks ago, it was a bill that restricted ballot drop boxes, requires more ID for absentee voting and limited weekend early voting days. So all things that in my opinion are ridiculous, like limiting ballot drop boxes is stupid. Yeah. It's it's absurd. You have to go out of your way to vote. These are this is the whole thing. It's like it's supposed to exacerbate inconveniences number 1, but also disenfranchise people who who are limited in their means. Now think about this. And this is a problem we dealt with in Tennessee a lot. Let's say that you John live, we'll talk about Georgia. Let's say you live in um in one part of Atlanta. All right? And you're poor, you can't afford a car, so you have to rely on public transportation. They restrict the number of ballot drop boxes. Now, the only place with a drop box is five, ten miles away from the nearest bus stop or nearest transit stop. Yeah. You are shit out of luck, aren't you? Essentially, yeah. Unless you want to walk five to ten miles to drop your ballot off. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is frustrating, too, because... Um, I don't know. I I like to give everybody the the benefit of the doubt, but like this is one of those situations where if you're limiting someone's voting rights, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever, whoever's doing it, it it's wrong. I mean, the, the ability to vote is a fundamental right in the United States. It, it's the reason why the Supreme Court is protected at all costs. It's the, you know, the reason why politicians should protect it at all costs. But, you know, we're now, I believe we, you know, we used to be a democracy where the, um, the people really did elect the best person or the person that they thought would do the best job. And now uh, politicians aren't looking at that. They're looking at how many voters they can stop from voting for the other side. And I think that that's really sad. 
it's that whole um it's kind of like the same saying that goes along with gerrymandering it used to be where where voters pick their politician but now it's politicians picking their voters it is picking, and th- in this case it's picking the people that they don't want voting against them exactly you know they if they can hold people out then they can win yeah it's a, it's so it's so shameful because it's such an egregious thing to suggest that my vote your vote um a black person, a brown person's vote doesn't count or should be harder to uh, to count than others. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that bothers me, too, is like we, we keep, you know, we're focusing on um, it benefiting the people who uh, are, are creating this legislation. But there is down ballot ramifications to this, too. Like this isn't this isn't just going to affect, you know, the higher up races this affects your supreme court races which a lot of states right now uh have moved to the uh independent only uh i know at least west virginia has where all the all the supreme court justices are looked as independents but you know you're going to stop people from being able to vote for their supreme court justice you're going to stop people from being able to vote for their own mayor i mean it's just it the down ballot ramifications of this is really to me super scary because i always argue that that local politics are far more important than federal politics uh most of the time because you're dealing with those people every day and they their their laws are what change your life and the fact is like you know this is going to be sad for the for the future yeah i agree and i think that was one point that i was hoping to make so i'm glad that you did which is that these local elections are the ones that really matter. All of these things that we've talked about have been with state legislatures. Now, that's not to say that Congress hasn't proposed voting restrictions in the past and whatnot or are currently considering them, but everything we talked about, state legislatures. So you're talking about local representatives, delegates, state senators, those types of people who are making these decisions and who, in a lot of those races, I don't know what your voter turnout was, John, but a lot of those, the voter turnout is like 20, 30 percent, maybe 40 percent in a super big race. But a lot of times it's 20 to 30 percent of the registered voting population for that district turning out to vote for somebody, which means that roughly 15 plus percent or whatever of the registered voting population are electing that person. It kind of just hit me, too, um, when, with you saying that. And it is interesting. So if you're a right now in most elections, I would argue in rural states, Democrats aren't going out to vote. And it's because they feel hopeless because they, you know, they they don't think that they're, you know, their presidential candidate's not going to win. Their senator's not going to win, you know, stuff like that. Well, it just hit me. If they don't vote in two November elections, they're going to get purged. And then there's going to be even less Democrats in there. And the same goes for Republican. It, it, the same is going to go for Republicans, too, if that happens. But yep, this is only going to hurt the parties themselves, too, because, you know, you're going to have hopeless for a while. And we know it flips. It always flips. You know, um, I don't know if West Virginia will flip anytime soon, but then you're going to have the other side who's hopeless and then they're going to have to purge those voters and then come back. It's, it's going to it's just a huge mess. That's a. That's a great point. And in a place like Tennessee, where a lot of Democrats don't feel like there's much point in voting. I mean, I can't imagine how many of them haven't turned out for two of those, but they're they're going to be booted off the rolls. They're done. 
imagine if I don't know if I don't know California's law, but I'm going to assume that they don't have these types of voter purging laws. Um, but let's say they don't. Republicans, a lot of them skip voting in California, if, especially if they're in the, the really large populated areas, because they don't, you know, there's no point in them showing up in their eyes. And, and that's what you're going to start. You know, you're seeing that in rural areas, too. The only difference is in, in these rural settings, they do have voter purging laws. So it's it's going to hurt at the at the federal level and the local level um, just based off of not participating based, you know, because you don't think you're going to win. And people don't even know that this is the ramification that's going to come. Yeah, they think that there's one less vote, but they don't think that their voting right is going to get taken away. But it is. It it is. And um, so I want to give you some numbers here to put in perspective for West Virginia, Um, just because I want to back my data up here. In 2018, that would be your election year for the general election. And this is not like your election specifically, but just general election overall. 47.93% 47.93% turnout out of registered voters in the state. Yeah. That's it. That is that is crazy. Mm-hmm. So out of the 1.25 million people that are registered in West Virginia, a little less than 600,000. Yep. I, I remember and, ours was like fifth, a little over 50 and people saying that that was one of the highest areas. In Morgan County, which is one of the counties you ran in, 47% voter turnout. And in, was it Berkeley that was the other one? Or Yeah, Berkeley. Berkeley was 44% turnout. Right. I, I remember the Morgan County part of my district having substantial turnout because uh, most of them obviously are Republican on that. Yeah. And I know we're getting, I'm, I know I'm getting bogged down in the numbers, so I don't mean to, but it just shows you like. It's a good example. Right. Well, and, and McDowell County, which is one of the poorest counties in West Virginia, 27% turnout in that election. 27%. Wow. That's yeah. insane. It's crazy. It is crazy. And you think about what types of, I know I'm going on a diatribe here. I'm sorry, but what types of things would change if turnout numbers boosted up or people were able to vote? Um, anyway, I know I'm getting on a rant here, so I'll get off my soapbox. Well, that kind of wraps up the discussion about voting. I, I hope that you all found it interesting and helpful. I think it's really helpful to talk about this stuff because a lot of times, you know, you hear about it passing on the news, but you don't really get to conceptualize it or you just don't think about it or you don't hear about it. But this stuff is real and it's happening. It's disenfranchising a lot of people. And so there's a lot of people now that are in power making decisions that were elected by a very small, small minority of people that essentially they chose. It's shameful. But anyway, wrapping up, it's time. Time to 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 nestle on in the the great bambino of beef with Big John. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Parkersburg West by God, Virginia, it's the 18 Husky himself, Beef with Big John. All right, I have an honorable mention real quick. Um, and this is, uh, I don't i don't always do this, but I do have, uh, it's with a House of Delegates member here in West Virginia. Uh, it's not a bill that you would probably think I got beef with, but real quick. Uh, so 
House Delegates member Riley Keaton, uh, who is an 18-year-old kid who uh, just won his election. He beat uh, a friend of mine uh, named Mark Pauley. And essentially, this bill that just went in, it went up. Uh, it stops. Chuck, you're not going to believe this. You're going to you're going to tell me I'm lying, but I'm not. I promise it. It ends the tax on figurines and any other things that have to deal with like Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know that there was an individual state tax on that. There's not like he wants to end the sales tax on it. Like a, a line item sales tax? That that's that my understanding of the reason wow. is that he that is that it's been put in. Now hear me out. Nerd. Because I I actually I agree with what Riley's doing. I think it's great. But here's he needs to go further. If you look behind me, I've got a ton of figurines called Funkos. Those need to be put in, Riley. Put that in right now, and I'll support this a hundred percent. I think what you're doing is great. I I don't always agree with you, but I think what you're doing is great. But you're just not going far enough. On a side note, uh, I don't think that ever passes. But I did see it, and a lot of people uh, were tweeting it at me, so I had to mention it. High times it for the 12-sided die. Right. <laughs> That's good. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Okay, the real beef here uh, has to do with where I'm sitting right now, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Chuck, uh, we tweeted out a picture of some guys walking around uh, Vienna, West Virginia, the mall there, the Grand Central Mall, which a lot of West Virginians know. And, know it and love it. Uh, they were wearing uh, Nazi symbols, swastikas, right? And Chuck, I don't know. Did you read the comments that we got? Uh, generally, there was a lot. So, I mean, I the general consensus is that people wanted to inflict physical violence on them. I think right, and 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 that's not what I got beef with. I got beef because oh, yeah, I don't have beef with that either. A lot of people made assumptions that that people in Parkersburg or people in Vienna were okay with this. You know that that they you know oh I'm not shocked it happened there. Well I am. I live here. <laughs> I live here. You know I'm I'm here all the time. I don't see that kind of stuff. That's not that's not Parkersburg in my opinion. I'm not trying to say that you know there's no racism or anything like that going on. I'm just saying that. That is not a fair assumption to make about this area. I understand that West Virginia has its issues, but uh, what people aren't talking about is the guy who stopped these two individuals and essentially told them to get out or he was going to kick their ass, you know, and made sure that these guys left. And every time they muttered to him, he'd turn right back around and make sure that they walked out the door. And uh, nobody's talking about that. Right. Like that people were lined up to stop these guys from doing, you know, this terrible um, what I, I mean, I would just say um, kind of gallery of of hatred, you know, based off their off what they're wearing. Uh, but people were stopping that. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is, I think, even uh, more upsetting is that if you go through the thread, you'll not only see people making that assumption, but then you see people connecting it to drug abuse, to addiction and saying, oh, you know, Parkersburg is, is filled with druggies who do all these kind of things. You know, they're probably all methed out. Give me a break. Parkersburg has been dealing with a drug issue, just like West Virginia and just like all of Appalachia has been dealing with a drug issue and 
has been doing a better job here recently by allowing even more rehab centers uh, to come into the area. Without Parkersburg, for most of you West Virginians, without Parkersburg, y'all would have a lot more problems uh, than than what you got right now because Parkersburg has got a ton of rehab facilities and is allowing people to come in and use them from other areas. They're actually doing a really good job when it comes to these things. Uh, and the fact is you have other West Virginians who are pointing the finger saying, you know, oh, they got it worse than us when it, we shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. And the fact is you can have an addiction. Crazy enough here, Chuck. You can have an addiction problem and not be a racist. That's the other thing that really upset me with this is there's some, ins- you know, that if somebody has an addiction that they also are going to have this problem, that, bl- that that's not even close to being the case. These people do have problems. They need help. And that's why they come, you know, to Parksburg or, or they go just to a rehab facility and get help. But it isn't, it has no connection to that. And by doing that, you continue to push back, you know, for what these people have accomplished, the people who have gotten clean or, you know, who are living a better lifestyle or the people who are trying to live a better lifestyle. When you do that, you're setting them back. You're not, you're not being helpful in any way. In fact, you're being a hindrance and you should be ashamed of yourself for saying these kinds of things because you, you try to claim that you're better than everybody or you're, you're better than those people, but you're not. And you're part of the problem when you do that. And I won't sit here and harp on this, but you know, this is a, this is something that really upsets me because, you know, West Virginia has an issue and we're all trying to fix it. We're all trying to help people, but you can't go out, you know, and look at these people and say, you know, I'm, oh, I'm out here to help. And then once you get inside your house or you get on Twitter because you think you're really cool and, you, you know, you're a really powerful keyboard uh, warrior, but then you start typing all these terrible things. Do you think that these people aren't going to see this? It just makes you look terrible and it does nothing to help these people. Uh, I just wish that people would really start to think about the stuff that they're typing because they try to say that they're better than, than you know, what they're seeing elsewhere but they're not. They're they're actually much worse. Um, that's interesting that people took that from Nazis in the mall. It, it, it blows my mind. It's just it, I I get this a lot with West Virginians too, and it, you're not <laughs> you're not helping anybody, right? And I don't care if you're right, left, center, uh, purple, blue, brown, white, whatever. The fact is. You, you can't be a different person in your real life than you are on Twitter because it, it people are only going to look at what you say on Twitter because that's the only way, way I know most of these people. So when they say this kind of stuff, it makes me not want to associate with them, even though they may be trying to do good things. Who knows? But I think that they're, you know, there's a cycle of fake empowerment um, on Twitter. And then as soon as as soon as you know push comes to shove, they say these types of terrible things. And the right does it too. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it, it's going on both sides. It's really disappointing. Uh, I just hope that we become better. Um, I'm I'm frustrated by this happening in my town. I, you know, I don't want it to happen here. Do you think I want people outside of this to think a certain way about Parkersburg? I live here. <laughs> I own a house here. Like people know I'm from here. Uh, but I can tell you this. There are a lot of people doing a lot of good things here too. And the fact if if you're trying to group us all together, you're doing a disservice to most people, including Chuck, because Chuck's from here. So you're really doing a disservice to Chuck, too. So even if you don't like me, which a lot of you don't, 
you're you gotta <laughs> yeah he's his hands are over the uh the old you know uh the old motto of west or of parkersburg which is let's be friends uh which has now disappeared on the flood wall uh no it, i think that if you look if you look at the uh, the one thing i will say is that i am proud of is that the majority of people in parkersburg were ready to flip over a car to get to these people it wasn't like it wasn't like there was a massive people. Oh yeah, protect their First Amendment right. No, it, that wasn't the response. Yeah, people were ready to take their trucks and hit them with them, and they love those trucks. Right, like, and it, again, it, it's just one of those things that uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, and I understand we said it at the top of this episode that stereotypes are usually uh, they they're brought on by real things, and we could talk about real things that are happening in West Virginia and Appalachia, but. In my opinion, and I think in the opinion of most people, protecting Nazis isn't one of them. Yeah, I would hope not. Um, I think what we'll we'll do is is so this is going to be a subject of our exclusive. So for y'all listening, if you want a little bit more of the the talk about the Nazi the mall Nazis and and kind of what that means and how we we process something like that because it it is worth discussing. We'll be talking about it in exclusive on Patreon. But uh, I think um, I think we'll end with uh, just saying that obviously it's terrible, and the fact that they felt that emboldened to go in there and do that is a problem in and of itself. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Again, uh, check out our store. New designs up there. New 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 ones coming soon, all the time. Throw them up like I don't know, like like a dog that ate too much candy. We'll throw them up there. <laughs> Why did you just and, say? Uh, why did you just say a, a kid that ate too much candy? Why does that to be a dog? I don't know. Because my dog's yeah. been thrown up a lot lately. That's the only okay. thing I'm thinking about. I don't know. Oh man, it's but not from candy. Thank God. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Check us out on Patreon and um, and everything else. And we will talk to you again next week. When we talk about McDonald's combo meals, we talk about savory meat, golden fries, and your favorite drink. Now, the combo meals just got crispy, juicy, and tender with the new crispy chicken sandwich combo. And you have to try it. Get a classic or spicy crispy chicken sandwich with medium fries and a medium soft drink like Sprite for only six bucks. Promotion pricing may be lower than meal pricing, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.